What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. excited it's nice to be here again i know i feel like it's it's been a while but it's it's kind of the 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 folks on the other end don't really get that vibe because the episodes just kind of come out Mm -hmm. but for you and i there's like these gaps of time and then a little bit of a scramble right yeah but we're really happy to be in the studio today with bobby badutchka is that how we pronounce your last name so close badutchka badutchka yeah. It sounds, uh, where are you from? Well, originally I'm from, I'm from Saskatchewan. I'm second generation Canadian, but my, my dad is Ukrainian and my mom is British. Okay. Maybe that's mm-hmm. how we came to uh, come by your work through our British PR person. We have share a, a British PR person and we're really happy that she sent us your way. I love that in your bio, the, um, the title accidental author, you don't <laughs> hear that very often. Um, and I would love to hear from you, entrepreneur, mother of two and accidental author about your story, who you are. Why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to uh, Jeremy and myself and our guests? Sure. Yes. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, 
I guess I'll start with the accidental author part. It was, um, it was shortly after Me Too. And as I was trying to build my business um, on the side, still working a full-time job, um, the whole like environment, the professional and business environment got weird. Um, You know, I have a lot of male mentors um, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of males in decision-making positions and it kind of it just got weird like nobody knew what to say what Mm. to do and they would ask me like okay so is it okay we go for dinner should we just go for coffee can I tell you like you look okay today should I not like it's just nobody knew what to say what to do and and I had a lot of side conversations with everybody nobody wanted to talk about it publicly um and I know like most people who write books and become writers or people who love writing and that's what they want to do. And they pursue that career. Um, I just felt like somebody needed to say something um, about the situation, but I think people were just afraid. Like if you say anything sort of counter to me too, that means like you're anti me too. I'm like, that's, that's not the case. I just want to talk about what's going on now Mm. and how do we, how do we overcome this? Like, how do we, how do we eliminate sexual harassment without eliminating the natural organic relationships that happen when we interact with each other? And it doesn't really matter if we're at work or at school or whatever. Like this is, this is how we meet each other. We spend the majority of our day um, at work or doing professional things. And so it just sounded a bit ridiculous to me that, that corporations were kind of asking people through policy, like don't do any of this ever again. And I just found it to be super, like, unrealistic. Um, So then I felt compelled to write the book, which is like I saw I fell into it because I just felt like, well, I I think I'm the only one who's going to stick my neck out and and say something about this. And then here we are. Mm. The book, uh, the title of the book, I love the title of the book, um, Sexual Intelligence in Business. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm actually quite surprised that, like, I'm I'm trying to sit here and think about the the term sexual intelligence and i i don't know maybe maybe it just like completely went over my head but i've never really i've never really heard those two words put together the amount of times i've heard emotional intelligence in the last 5 years is like i, I it I, i've heard it too much now let's let's uh, let, yeah. let's let's put that to the side I, I, very important and and emotional intelligence is a great thing and and we all need to work on it for sure but sexual intelligence, I love the thought of that. And, 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 and even, just, even just saying it right there, it just makes me think about the sort of state of the world that we find ourselves in, in this, like, this sort of post-Me Too world. Um, sexual intelligence, I think it's something, I mean, that's, it really is, it's kind of the thing that we've been at, at the core of this podcast. It's the thing that we've been trying to explore and 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 dive into from our own personal perspectives in our upbringing and the things that we've experienced in our lives and by speaking to other people and 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 you know getting to know their experiences and what what how they relate to sexual um energy and 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 you know their own their own sort of like uh sexual lives um so I guess, I guess, you know, all that to say, first of all, love the title of the book. Uh, good job. <laughs> and then secondly, um, what does sexual intelligence mean to you? Before we get into like sexual intelligence in business, in mm-hmm. general, what does sexual intelligence mean to you? 
I mean, it's a it's a derivative of, you know, first we had in, you know, intelligence quotient, what is your IQ? Then we had emotional intelligence. Then if you look at um, um, erotic intelligence, uh, Esther Peril uh, mm-hmm. speaks about that very much like in the context of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next step up is Marty Klein. He wrote about sexual intelligence. His book is titled Sexual Intelligence. Um, and but his is for like in the bedroom. Um, so how do you basically communicate well about about what you want um, and, and your needs and, and all of that? But I consider it sort of like the the other side of sex education. So sex education is it's out there and it's something that comes to you, um, whereas sexual intelligence is in here, um, and I put that out there. Um, and so it's it's sort of the the yin to the yang of of sex education so you're thinking about sexual intelligence from a like how do i how do i approach this um how do i think about things how do i think about myself in those in those you know sexual contexts um how do i react to others um in sexualized contexts um and so it's just sort of thinking about it's pleasure is great pleasure is amazing um that's a very physical biological um endeavor you could say i mean spiritual and emotional as well of course but you know sometimes you have to get a bit visceral a bit um logical um if you're going to think things through because it's gotten a lot more complex um these days the environment has got more complex sexual wellness health and wellness and education has gotten a lot more complex Mm. um the world politically has gotten a lot more complex so i just think we have to get a bit smarter about how we're talking and doing and navigating these spaces. Mm. Yeah. Just as you were speaking about that, I was this visual of just overlapping maps, like, okay, you get this map in your, you know, your early, your earliest exposure to intimacy, to sexual energy, like as you become attuned to the world around you, and then you get the map of like, here's the map of sexual health in terms of like, not like, STIs and getting pregnant and here's all your organs and whatnot. And then you get this like social map of like, this is how we flirt and this is how we communicate. And it, it, it feels very complex, especially because the older you get, the more, more information there seems to be like, you know, it coincides of course for us with all of the science and research and stuff that's actually Uh, making its way to the to the public and making its way to us so so yeah really that really hit home that idea that it is complex and you kind of don't know what map you're working off of um and when it comes to a con contextual like the workplace or you know even even within like school like you know jeremy and i met in school and there there was definitely no conversations about like hey don't start relationships with people in your class but also there was kind of a feeling like, yeah, probably, probably not the best thing to do. So we work really intimately together. We're a small program. You know, there's just like, there's implicit rules that seem to govern these like contexts that we live and evolve in. And, and like, sorry, I'm kind of going on here for, but, but, but we've talked with so many people who have reinforced like women's sexuality permeates all parts of them. It's not like now I'm horny, now I'm not. It's like 
our sexuality is such a is itself a nuanced and complex sort of a thing that is at play in our self-expression all the time. And so to go in and uh, have to flip switches or like dial down certain aspects of like, to be honest, what makes us sometimes feel really powerful and in control. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of kneecapping myself here walking into Absolutely. my job because I have to tuck yeah. some of myself away. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I write about that in the book as well. Cause I, I really, against that like are you expecting me to come zipped up um you know to the top and i say nothing i do nothing um you know and then again this is sort of it becomes then on the women um whereas i think the solution is a everybody needs to participate in the solution we all have um we all have some work to do about it um because as you said you, you in your early days you sort of get these maps um of how you approach things. And I'm, I'm also, I'm reluctant to be prescriptive because everybody is a bit Mm. different. And so it's really, really difficult for even those who have the best of intentions to make such sex education programs when everyone's coming from a different place. Like if you want to meet people where they're at, that's just impossible in, Mm. in a school system um, uh, for certain. And it, it's just, it's so multi-pronged and it's, and it's so nuanced and so specific to each person. It makes it very difficult to, to come up with some kind of like, here's what you should do. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I want to be really, I want to be really careful about how I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's already happening. I want, I want to be really careful about how I like how I how I broach this question, uh, especially at like especially from the vantage point as of a, of a male. Um, but you know, it, again, this is this is all th- this th- this conversation here is is really starting to like set off these sparks in my mind in in ways that I haven't really thought um, about, especially like like regarding the Me Too movement. Um, but okay, so so I've prefaced that. So now let me like see if I can navigate this without. Um, without ramming my foot down my fucking throat. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, the Me Too movement, very important thing, like, like it, it, and, and very needed. Um, but I'm, I'm just kind of curious, like what, from your vantage point, um, what do you, th- do you think that there's, there are elements to the Me Too movement that have the way that it, the way that it unfolded um, have sort of been, maybe not detrimental, but like have been uh, a bit challenging for the, the kind of forward momentum that we, you know, I, that I feel like a lot of us are hoping to see in tearing down the taboos surrounding sex and sexuality. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, they're connected, but they're not right. And so right. I, I, I appreciate that the Me Too movement happened because it did bring the conversation uh, up to top levels, up to the point where, you know, policy was made. And that's really important. You know, they started to take more seriously sexual violence by extension, um, rape, you know, the whole believing women, um, you know, there was mandates on sexual harassment training and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it kind of stopped there. Like it really didn't go um, more broadly into sexual wellness or sexual pleasure it it, it kind mm. of stopped mm-hmm. it stopped there because the the idea was to stop the sexual harassment which means we need to stop all of it 
Mm. Right. So I, I would even say it might've even hindered any, any progress. And I mean, you can see now, even, even with, uh, you know, the, the, the trans community and, and the, you know, the issues going on now with, with gender, the, the backlash, right? So with every social movement, there's always um, a yeah. pushback. Um, yeah. And now we're, we're getting a, like the whole LGBTQ community, like it feels like the progress that we made with gay rights is sort of, is retracting um, uh, a little bit and there's some divisions there. And so it, it just gets to be really, really complex um, when it intersects with um policy and politics, right? Sex mm. education, reproduction rights, um, the Me Too movement because of the scandals, because of the, now the legalities, like when as soon as litigation gets involved, um, it just goes to a whole new level, right? Mm. So luckily they haven't quite litigated on uh, sexual pleasure. Um, although, you know, you could make an argument about why you can, in certain states in the U.S., you can only own one sex toy, not two. It's a law. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so things of that nature. But I, I still think it's all pushing, pushing through anyways. I mean, to me, other than breathing and eating and sleeping, sex is the next thing. It is, right. it is, it is like you cannot stop it. Um, it is so biological. It drives you from a subconscious point of view, which is why people, you know, when we have a conversation about why, why women are or are not as horny as, as people want them to be, um, or why, you know, men prefer images and videos, women prefer erotic novels and audio, like there's, there's, there's differences, but these, these things drive are driven from a, a subconscious, like you can't control, you cannot control certain things. Like I'm going to decide I'm not going to breathe today. I'm going to decide I'm not going to go to the bathroom today. Like you right. just don't have choices. There's a lot of sexual biological things that push and drive behaviors that we actually don't have, um, you know, frontal lobe control over. Um, and so people are forgetting that they're making decisions and policies, forgetting that we have drives drives that are serious. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell me how you feel about, um, relationships, whether they're casual, flirtatious or serious relationships it, at, in the workplace that, that sort of generate their, do they serve, do you think that they serve a purpose? I, I, while, while, while you were just chatting about that, I was thinking about how the, how, how the, if we did have something that came after all the policy, would it be like 101, flirting with your colleagues, how to do so ethically and safely yeah, right, and right. in a non-threatening way? But I mean, honestly, I have given training about that no. um, <laughs> because it, it, it is a real thing. It's like, how do you, how do you avoid all the things you're supposed to avoid not do? Um, and then turn around and navigate because if say I'm sitting at my desk and I'm looking at you and you're looking at me and if I like you, it's okay. If I don't like you, you're creepy staring at me and I could make a sexual harassment case against you. Right. And so the same behavior, um, is, is either good or bad. And it depends on, um, who, who's, who you're dealing with. And that scares people because that requires a little extra effort to figure out is that person, do we have a thing here or don't we? Um, so that I'll know, can I go talk to you? Can I ask you to go for coffee? Cause if I ask you to go for coffee and you don't want to, then now, you know, I've got myself into trouble. Hmm. Um, 
I'm, I, but at the same time, I, like I dedicate a whole chapter uh, in the book to the neurochemicals that you can leverage. Like you can get more work done. You could be more productive if you are getting some, some good neurochemicals going because you have a crush on someone at work. I always try to find a crush. Whether that person <laughs> ever knows it or not, I do it because I can generate really great um, energy at work. Um, and it's like more gas in the tank. So I'm really pro, hmm. um, pro use your, your sexuality as, as energy, mm. as, as a way, I'm not saying like, go sleep your way to the top. That's, that's a different thing. Mm -hmm, um, mm. what I'm talking about is internally, nobody even ever needs to know, um, mm. about it. I just find that I can ride those chemicals, um, really well, um, when, you know, you sort of have, you know, fancy someone. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's uh, I mean, you know, your, your sister always has always referred to, um, you know, certain people who, who like, who happen to be leaky with their sexual energy. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and I always love that, that thought, you know, it's like so, someone, someone who's just, someone who's just like a little bit careless with their sexual energy and, and it, and it, and it oftentimes will lead to, um, you know, like, conflict or or feelings that that just confusion. like don't, confusion things that just don't you know um uh, that don't perpetuate like yeah love and healing and and like good feelings it Clear just it, communication it just leads to like yeah. it, it, yes. it's ick right and we're bad at that we're really bad totally. at communicating properly yeah you know, i could be flirtatious to you and you might receive that as like that's that's a lead in um yeah. but i'm just I'm just being my flirtatious self and it doesn't actually mean that I like you and I want to yeah. have a relationship with you. Yeah. I mean, to be quite frank, if you were flirting with me, I would have no fucking clue because <laughs> I have a zero radar for that. Um, but like there's something there's, I really love the way that you kind of frame that. And I love it. I love it because it seems like you have a handle, a grasp on that, which is really fucking cool. Uh, the thing that, that's, that, that I feel like kind of bums me out is that I, I feel like not enough people in the world have that, that relationship to the way that they could utilize that in their everyday life. Again, it's like this, it, it, it's their sexual intelligence. We don't have it. I don't even think I have it because I'm I heard, you know, you just said this right now and, and I'm going, Oh my God, that's fucking brilliant. What a brilliant way to like optimize your day. Just to, just to like, <laughs> just to turn on a little bit of that flirtation, not because you want to fuck this person or not because you want to like, you know, you want to set up some kind of like, um, clandestine, Naughty like, like, you know, office. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, like some Ashley Madison situation, but because you just want to infuse your day with a little bit of flutter in your step so that it just adds to your ability to show up to that meeting and have a more like, like engaged on conversation or to sit down and like focus on a task because it's going to give you that, you know, I mean, I could, I could talk about it in, in roundabout ways for, for, for far too long, I'm sure, but it's, it's just a really cool thought to, to use your sexual energy as a way to kind of like optimize your ability to perform. Mm -hmm. And I don't think enough people really realize that that's even a, a possibility, right? Yeah. That's cool. That's really, really cool. Um, but <laughs> how do we teach that? Like, how do we, how do we teach that so that people can engage in that without accidentally becoming leaky with their sexual energy? Yeah. I mean, I could give a whole 
whole other podcast about that. Um, I do cover it uh, in the book. So there is some, you know, step by step mm. stuff, but it does, it does, it it's extra effort. You have to understand how to read the room. Um, you have to trust your instincts. Um, so there's a lot of, um, yeah, emotional intelligence that mm. is tucked in there. Um, if, if people are insecure and they really don't even have a handle on their own sexuality, that will be hard to, that would be hard to implement. Um, so it's sort of like once you get comfortable with yourself and the things that you like and who you are, um, it's sort of like a, a next level type of thing that you can do. But if you're still working on past traumas or you're still working on, um, if you, if you never read the room, right. Um, if you're shy, like people who, mm. people who can read a room or people who have said stuff out loud and gotten reactions that weren't good and learned from them. Right. So most people say at, at work, don't, don't share their ideas. They don't talk in meetings. Um, and so they, they never really figure out how people react to them. They just stay quiet. And that makes it difficult then, um, to, to do what I'm suggesting because it does require, um, some effort, but once you, I mean, once you get it, it's like, I mean, it's just game changing. Mm. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I like I like it and it resonates because I think I always also had or possibly do I work in a different sort of situation now but always had someone kind of in the corner of my eye that it was like you know I'm a performer so like I'm performing for that person in the room and it definitely it adds a little zhuzh a little libido or life force to anything I'm doing or if like forget about it, like getting dressed to go out to a show. If mm. I know that there's going to be like a, a someone there that I can show off for, then absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a lot more fun mm -hmm. getting dressed that evening. You know, well, what would you say absolutely. to someone who, who like hears this? Right. 
and and has a thought of like, well, that that just seems, you know, that seems like uh, dangerous. Yeah, or 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 not even dangerous. Like like what you know you know sometimes sometimes um sometimes one time oftentimes I have I have been in situations socially. Um, in particular, when I was, when I was, you know, when I was, I identified as polyamorous, where the conversation would come up about polyamory and, and I would, you know, I would talk about, I would talk about it with like a group of people. Maybe there's a couple of people there that I don't know. And you, you can almost kind of see sometimes when you talk about open relationships or something like that, when you are involved in it and somebody else isn't, there's, 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 it's common to see someone who feels all of a sudden like they feel threatened. Because you, because of like the choices that you're making in your own personal life. And so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if like someone hearing this right now almost feels like they're hearing this and they feel threatened because they're thinking, they're not thinking, oh, I could, I could like get behind doing this in my day to day. They're thinking, well, what if my partner's out there at work, like flirting with, with the, the girl next to it, next, next to him in, in their cubicle? Or what if my partner's at work flirting with, you know, with the guy down, down the hallway, the, 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 the water cooler guy, the guy who comes to <laughs> fix the printer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what would you say to the to, to those folks who hear this and there's there's a, this almost immediate um, sort of reaction of of insecurity and 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 almost like uh, trying to protect themselves. Yeah, I mean that I I do encounter that um, from time to time where people are um, you know when you when you do things that sort of challenge people's values and beliefs, uh, it, it, especially these, there's certain subjects that really, um, can trigger people. Um, I mean, there's not much you can do about that other than mm. understanding who those people are. Um, and, you know, I guess just being sensitive to that, but, you know, when insecurity is, is, is kind of a weird thing, especially in relationships, I, I find it if, if you're not comfortable talking with your partner about sexually related stuff, you probably, you know, aren't in a great relationship. If you can't um, talk about those things openly, like it's mm. to, to say that, you know, if you're in a relationship and you own that person and that's the, that's your thought process, like that person can never flirt with anybody else. They can't ever do anything else because it makes you feel threatened. That's problematic. Um, mm. And probably mm. those types of folks, um, won't won't use this strategy because they just they can't mm. um they can't get past their their own insecurities to get to that next level mm. um so uh, yeah I, unfortunately i i think that's the case but also you know people who are going to flirt are going to flirt whether they're using this strategy or not right mm. this is, that's not going to stop that person from or that's not going to stop or start that person flirting right um, yeah the, this this strategy it will only it will only help people who are already um, doing that to maybe leverage it um, in a better way um, yeah. or, or them just even understanding like, Oh, like I thought I was flirting cause it was fun and it always made me feel good. And I didn't realize that actually that it was making me feel good for these reasons and that I can channel that over here. Then they don't have to flirt for the sake of flirting. They have a purpose. Yeah, um, yeah. And that purpose isn't necessarily for, the end goal isn't a relationship or an encounter and that insecure person should feel a lot better about that. Um, mm. because then it's like, I'm just doing it to, to do, you know, optimize my workflow. I'm not doing it for, <laughs> for any other reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, 
you'd, you'd think that almost would make them feel better. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I fuck, I'm like dying for the day that Andrew Huberman comes out with a conversation about optimizing your, your workflow with flirtation. <laughs> it's like, it just seems, it just seems so, uh, so perfect. It's too, you know, it'd be too difficult because to, to study flirting, you like, yeah. how would you even begin to qualify? Like what counts as flirting yeah. and what is just like, I don't know, explicit, uh, uh, propositioning. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I, I agree with, I, I mean, I agree with you in the sense, I, I agree with you because I, I can't tell what flirting is, <laughs> nor do I know but how also, to do it. You don't have to flirt. Right. You can just like, like sometimes you just encounter a person and your body has a reaction yeah, right, and you right. know that you, you like them. Um, and that's it. Like you don't have to flirt with them. It's already there. Right. Okay. Right. The weirdest thing happened to me. Okay. I was just I driving this. back from Prince Edward Island to Nova Scotia. And uh, I was on the, like the bus, like essentially like a Greyhound bus. Uh, and um, it stops in Truro, which is like an hour away from home. And I, and we're stopped for 10 minutes. So I'm going to Tim Hortons. So I w- run up the road and I go into Tim Hortons. What a fucking East Coast Canadian. Eh? Okay. And we stopped then- for 10 minutes. I got to get, 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 get my Tammies. <laughs> uh, and I go in. And I'm not even really paying attention to like who I'm talking to. I'm not generally like super observant and I'm just in my own little world. So I order my drink and I look up and my whole body just is like, I think I blushed immediately. He he was Steve Lund was serving (laughs) it. No, but no, but he was just joking, Steve. I don't know. You know, a young, he was a young guy, like probably early twenties, you know, just beautiful, like clear skin and bright eyes and he's just so earnest and look and my and I just was like oh oh my god and I like could not make eye contact like kept trying to like have a fucking like say here's my change thank you very much thank you for the you start saying things like bussin and and no cap (laughs) trying to fucking fit in (laughs) and but it was clear that he was having a similar right reaction totally right yeah and I that fucking carried me through the rest of right. that shitty bus ride all yeah. the way home. It was yeah. just like such a sweet, you know, not right. like confrontational, nothing about it. It was just so sweet in the moment and goodbye. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and it's like, you know, that's, you know, that's a situation that carried you through the day. There was like, there were some feelings there and like, maybe, maybe you got on the bus and you're like, you know what? I'm going to fucking write. And you start writing. And it's like, you get, you have this like, little this muse. Surge, this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, totally. But also, that's a that's a situation that you could go home and tell Todd, and Todd would go, "Oh, that's yeah, that's cute. That's, like, that's kind of sweet." Yeah. Um, you know, those like those moments, uh, like those moments happen, and they're so fun when they happen. It's what, what what I love is seeing those moments happen with other people. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there there's just something really there's something really uh, there's something really sweet about that because like that even can have an effect on me personally. Like I, I mean, you know, just a, a little a little aside, but I remember. Uh, it, we were, I was in Toronto with my, with my partner and we went to go see this, this concert, go see this band called Primus. And we came out of the show and we were walking, we were like walking to find like a place to call an Uber. And you know, she's this cute little petite <laughs> little like woman. And she was, she was dressed up in this like super cute little outfit and this like big dude, like passing <laughs> us just walks by and she, and, and she turns to like, look at me and he looks at her and he goes, I love you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and she goes, thank you. And then like, he just, he just continued on. And I just remember being like that. That was awesome. Like that was so sweet. Little sparks. And we just, yeah, we just had this like little moment where, and that carried us on into the night. You know, it was like this very sweet moment of connection, but I never thought about it. I, I've never like, it's, I just love that my whole world is being blown wide open right now by having this realization that those simple moments can be can be can be used not only as a moment to like bring a smile to your face but used as a moment to like literally have an effect on the biological level of your like endorphins and your your hormones to kind of again it's you know it's no different than like getting a really good night's sleep or taking a shot of espresso or you know whatever it is whatever the things are that you do to ensure that you're going to be like on your a game for that day or, or whatever. I fucking love and that. And it feel it feels good. And when when all of these are rushing, then you're not stressing. Like right. you can't do both those things at the same time, right? Mm. And so if you get into that mode more often and go search out and wait for like take advantage of any situation that that can get that going, um, mm. then the stress goes away. Um, you just got good things pumping through the body. Good for your health. Mm. What kind of like what kind of um you know again again like as we as we talk about this there there I I can see I can see there being pushback on the on these ideas. Um have you like what kind of what kind of feedback did you receive after publishing the book after putting it out into the universe? I mean honestly I I didn't receive any negative uh feedback like on social channels or anything um like that. Um but when I when I talk it through um, with people, it's not so much pushback. It's like, yeah, but how do I not do that wrong? Right. right. Because the wrong right. way of doing that is, is really, sexual harassment. That's right. right. Really yeah. wrong. It's like, it's, the, yeah, 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 right. There's, there's a wrong way to do it. Um, and it's because it's not prescriptive, like do this and then do that and then you'll be fine. Um, it's very much subjective. You have to read the room. You have to keep your eyes open. You have to like, tread carefully, all of these things. Um, but I kind of equate it to driving. Like you don't just get in the car and like press your foot to the gas and like, and start blasting all around town. Right. There's, there's lanes, there's like lots of things to manage the signal light to the stop signs and the people like, so it's like that we have the capability yeah. uh, to, to um, analyze our environment um, when multiple things are happening and and to not kill ourselves. So yeah. I think capacity is there. It's just that people just need to realize that they have to do that with the same level of intention, with the same mm. level of it, it, like taking it seriously in a way like that you have to be not just careful so you don't hurt other people. Um, but if you really want to get the benefit of getting from point A to point B in the most efficient way possible, um, it just requires effort. Yeah. Um, but we have the capacity to do it. I I love that you equated it to driving. Uh, it, it it reminded me. I literally had this thought this morning as I was walking. And and the reason I love it is because I think it's it's something that that for someone who might be having a hard time conceptualizing, you know, what we're talking about here, it, it is it's an easy way to kind of wrap your head around it and go, oh yeah, I, I suppose that it there there you know it is very similar with driving. Like the the example of this morning, I was walking home from the gym, and I was coming up to a crosswalk. And, you know, of course we live in fucking Nova Scotia in Halifax. So like it's, it's the kind of province, the kind of city where like 
if someone sees you walking towards a street and they are half a kilometer away, they're going to stop and wait for you kind of thing. Um, but I was walking up to this crosswalk and I was very far from the crosswalk to the degree where this person who stopped to wait for me, there's no way they actually had any clue that I was going to cross the street. Like there, there was, there was enough space where like I could have been going anywhere, but they stopped uh, very, very prematurely. And I remember watching it going, wow, that is how interesting that this person um, just assumed I was going to be crossing here. And they stopped way ahead of time. Um, but also there's no cars behind them. There's not, it's not like a you know busy time right now. They didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with what they did. And then I just started to think, if that was me, when would I would have stopped? Like, what is the, what is the moment that I know in my head, now I have to stop? And I just had this thought as I was walking, and I just thought it was kind of interesting where I went, hey, uh, yeah, I guess we all like kind of have our gauge of like, what's the appropriate time to stop for someone when they're about to cross the street? And there, uh, you know, my way is not wrong, but it is most certainly a lot closer to the, to the, the person getting to the crosswalk. But there is, there is a wrong in that situation. And that wrong is when the person has begun to cross the street um, or, you know, or the, or, you know, you just straight up fucking blow through the crosswalk or whatever. Like there's a wrong way about it, but there's many other ways to do it that are right. And they vary quite big. They, they vary, they, they vary in a, you know, in a very broad way. They make allowances the the, the breadth from which it's possible to stop in the right way gives uh, allowances for all kinds of variation person yeah. to person yes, that's and right. their self-expression. Yeah. Which I know is probably like a really dumb analogy, but like <laughs> it just, it just, it, my mind sparked and, and I just thought about that this morning, that how odd that I had that, that it, it's weird when I think about the things that I think about when I'm alone. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and talk about it. Oh, that's another podcast for another day. I know, I know. <laughs> Oh fuck! Well, it's so so. You know, you write this. You wrote this book. It came out in uh, in 2021 in January 2021. Um, what what are you what are you up to now? Like, what are your focuses now? Now that the book's come out, like, are you still um, you know are you still kind of engulfed in the world of sexuality and business and how those two intersect? Yeah, and and just it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, it started out with the book, and then as I as I was working through the book, realizing that I loved doing the research for it, I loved reading all the research um, as it was related to sex. And I thought, you know what? I think I found my jam. Like, this is really awesome. I don't want to be um, solely an author. Um, I realized the efficacy of, of creating books uh, for people and, um, and for, for the world. So I am working on a second book. It's called... Uh, the first time it's about early and first sexual experiences and how those um, impact different areas of your life and decisions over a life course. Um, and so that's, um, I don't know, I'm hoping it, I'm hoping the first draft is done by February, but I've been picking away at it for, for a while, did a lot of qualitative interviews with as, as wide a range of people as, as I could uh, get a handle on. Um, and so they all told me their stories. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a range of stories that you would expect, you know, awkward experiences and this and that. Some are quite sad or tragic. Um, 
uh, you know, related to abuse um, and things of that nature. Others are are very run of the mill, um, and then others are, you know, a bit, a bit unique um, in some special circumstances. And so, it it really showed uh, the gamut. Um, and what I hope, um, you know, people will gain from the book is a few things. One of them being that. There's no point in trying to visualize what is the first, uh, what is the the ideal first experience because it, it, none of that matters. Mm. What matters is that your first and early times do have an impact. Um, and so it's, I'm not prescribing abstinence. I'm just telling people that these things have an impact. Um, and, and just to keep that in mind, it is some of the, some of the outputs been really interesting, um, you know, I don't want to reveal too much, um, but I think one of the most interesting things, uh, although not surprising, is the difference in male stories versus female stories. Mm. Um, most of the men had wonderful experiences. <laughs> They're like, it was great. It was yeah, so right. great. It was great. I, there was very, very <laughs> few who even had a moment of this isn't great. Mm. Whereas most women, I'd say the majority, their experience was like, eh. Mm-hmm kind of a meh situation. Um, some rarely were really great. Um, very rarely actually. Um, but yeah, so hmm. like, that's, yeah, that's really, really interesting. I, I mean, I like it just, just to that thought, like how, when you think about your first time and which we don't have to get into like what that was, but like what kind of impact do you think that had on you? Well, this is more than just like, like, having sex for the first time, right? This is like sexual experiences mm-hmm. of like, like I often reflect on the first moment that I feel like that I saw someone's head turn when I walked by and the mm-hmm. power that I felt in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really imprinted on me. I actually think about that so often. Um, and that, you know, I was young, I was 13, but you know, also before that I was having all kinds of experiences with like, you know, lots of, lots of girls tell us that, that when they come on this show, it's like, they often will say, well, for me, it happened really early. Like I started masturbating really early, mm-hmm. but you know, when you, when they tell you like, yeah, that, you know, I was like six or seven years old. It turns out that's pretty normal for, for a lot of, you know, people who identify as girls. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how those, I don't really honestly, like I've, I can still recall some of those experiences and I, I like, I it would definitely take some work to like, you know, to, to think about, uh, you know, yeah. how that might have like altered the, yeah. the path of your life. You know, I, I mean, I mean, for, 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 for some people, I, I'm sure there's yeah. some people that go, Oh, I know how it fucking altered my life. And yeah. it was in a very big way. And, you know, um, yeah. uh, some people never thought of it until I actually right. yeah. asked them the question. And it depended on the age too. Like the the interviews of the younger folks, like in their twenties, they 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 didn't have enough time to, you know, reflect back sure. um, um as much. But the ones that were quite a bit older, you know, they're looking back and then some of them were telling me that this is the first time they're even ever telling anybody right. about it. Yeah. Um some of them are like, I haven't thought about this, but since I knew I was going to do this interview and I started thinking about it, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm looking back and I'm starting to connect the dots and things like that. So right. it's like people, once they've, it's sort of been brought to their attention. They're like, Oh yeah. Huh. 
yeah, that's, oh, I, I went this way because of my career and I went this way because of mm. my, my preference or my choices or, or what so it really like it crossed over into, into other areas of life that I was, it was unexpected. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel like this is good ammo to like bring into therapy next time I go, <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's one of those things like, of course your therapist is going to ask you about your relationship between your, your, with your mother and your father. But like, how often is the the therapist going, tell me about the first time you ever had, you know, you ever you know, sexually, like you, you ever came online sexually? Like what, yeah. what would, how do you think that affected you? How do you feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> so she asked yeah. you that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm, I, not to, not to make this about me, but I, I'm, I'm now thinking like, oh, right. Like one of my first sexual experiences was a threesome, um, uh, where I, where I realized that I, I can't physically have sex because I have a condition with my penis called phimosis that led to me booking a circumcision at 16 without my mother knowing. And then my mother got a call being like, hey, your son's in for surgery tomorrow. Does he have a ride? My mom being like, what the fuck's going on? And I was like, I'm getting circumcised. And she was like, God damn it, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> that definitely, that changed some things that for must you, for have, sure. that, that, I mean, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. But, That's uh, a good I, story. Again, I, I might I have to. That one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll, glad, <laughs> I'll gladly add to the interviews. But but uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure my therapist will have a field day with that. Um <laughs> Bobby, uh, you're 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 a uh, you're a fascinating woman, and uh, this has been a really really cool conversation. You have completely um, opened up my mind in a way that I was not anticipating prior to coming into this conversation, and uh, I'm excited to kind of just like mull this over and think about it um, over the next you know coming weeks and months. Um, how can people find the book? How can people stay up to date with what you are up to? Um, please plug away. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the book is on is available on Amazon today uh, in quite a few countries. Um, the second book, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to be out, but I'll let you all know. Um, you can find me actually at Le Shaw, which is so I'm the director of a new research institute, um, the International Sexual Health and Wellness Research Institute, which is too much of a mouthful. So we say Le Shaw. Um, <laughs> For sure. So LaShaw.com is is where you can find what I'm doing uh, currently. Um, I also run an academic conference, a sex tech academic conference, uh, which we will uh, hopefully uh, have a physical one um, in 2024. So that's called the Academic Congress on Love and Sex with Robots. Cool. Um, if you want to look that up, you can uh, Love with Robots is the website. I'm on LinkedIn as well. That's probably my preferred platform. Um, so if people want to find me there and have a chat um please do amazing uh i i hope it's okay i'm not meaning to put you on the spot but uh i think uh, we would love to have you back on at some point in the future and unpack one of if not all of the things that you just laid out there i mean sex and robots is something that i'm always fascinated in so it'd be really fun to have you back on thank you so much bobby this has been a real treat my pleasure my pleasure All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, 
which you can. Wow. You can You're go to so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful, so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on. Uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that. Sex toy. <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.